What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. This is another one of those events that was created in 2019. So we have three years worth of data, very similar to last week's 3M Open and a golf course that should allow a lot of different types of players to contend. We're going to break all that down and much more. So why waste any more time? Let's jump right into it. Here we go. Detroit Golf Club. Donald Ross. It's Donald Ross season, right? We get this week, Detroit Golf Club, uh, Wyndham, which is Sedgefield, and then uh, Eastlake Tour Championship. So this is a, a good stretch of golf for uh, Donald Ross and Detroit Golf Club. Um, this is the type of golf course where the bomb and gouge method is generally going to be great, right? Like look at Cam Davis who won this last year. Look at uh, Bryson DeChambeau who won this in 2020. It's not the only way to get it done, but it is certainly one of, um, I don't want to say the surefire methods, but surefire methods. There is not a lot of trouble out here. There's only water on one hole. If you miss wildly off the tee, you're generally in an okay spot. The rough, unless it just kind of downpours and rains and gets thick and wet and nasty, like it's not going to be very penal whatsoever. And the course isn't very long, right? So you can basically take driver wedge almost everywhere. This is where Bryson broke shot link. Do you guys remember that? So uh, 2020, it was like the first time back Bryson was all beefy. He was hitting it so close to greens on his drive that shot link thought those were his approach shots, right? Because he was actually hitting his approach shots from inside 40 yards. So then shot link thought that was his around the green shot or his, or his, his chip or his pitch. And it was all screwed up. Uh, so I think they've gone back and fixed all of that, but it kind of gives you an idea of what you're going to expect around Detroit Golf Club. And I believe it is literally the flattest golf course on the PGA Tour, right? Like when you look at um, Shot Link or the topography of it, it's like literally the flattest course on the PGA Tour. The regression model. So what you're looking at um, on my website, rickrungood.com, is uh, this, this regression model that I run for every single course on the PGA Tour. And what it tells you are the stats that are most highly correlated to success here. So driving distance ranked 16th. That means there are 15 other courses in which driving distance is more important. Driving accuracy, much lower, 27th. That makes sense. You don't have to be all that accurate around here. And the strokes gain putting was the big one. Y you you got to kind of fill it up, right? And we've seen the way that Brian Bryson did it. I think he just gained a ton of strokes off the tee and a ton of strokes with the putter. Um, just these kind of flat, easier greens that you're going to have to take advantage of. A lot of this passes the sniff test. Now, it's not the only way to get it done because at 7,300 yards for a par 72, it's, it's not really long enough to box out some of the shorter hitters. So we're going to look at someone like Kevin Kisner in just a second, who's had a lot of success here. So it's not the only way to get it done, but I think it is a style of golf that's going to uh, allow some different guys to get into the mix. You're, you're, Patrick Rogers of the world, your Taylor Pendrith's guys I'll talk about in just a second, but that's kind of the blueprint, but there's like a secondary blueprint to get it done. A la Kevin Kisner. Uh, let's jump over to the cheat sheet. 
Four golfers over $10,000. Uh, another very small 10K range, another very small 9K range. The 8K getting a little bit bigger, but still not many guys at the top of the board here. Patrick Cantlay leads the way at 10,700 with Tony Finau at 10.6. Will Zalatoris at 10.4. Cam Young at 10,100. Uh, before we even jump into players, what did we discuss kind of last week? You know, Tony Finau was only, I think, $10,500 and he was the most expensive golfer. That's, that's, pretty easy to get the top price golfer in your lineup, right? And and kind of the same thing here. Would you be surprised or shocked if Patrick Cantlay was 11,000 or 11,200? I think the answer is no. And it creates a situation where you can roster any single one of these guys. Um, the big four don't have a lot of experience here at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, that's two combined starts, a 53rd for Tony Finau two years ago, and a 77th for Will Zalatoris last year. That's it. So if you're looking for, for course history at the top, there's, there's not a lot of it. If you're looking for course fit, there is a lot of it, right? So um, let's start with Patrick Cantlay. Uh, do I think this is a great spot for him? Not particularly. Uh, what is he going to be able to do? I think he'll be able to kind of lean into his strengths a little bit. His strengths are being solid across the board and finding the ability to, ability, ability to get scorching hot with the putter, right? Last five starts, he's gone plus 4.3, plus 5, plus 3, plus 4.5, and, and plus 6.6 with the putter. He's putting out of his mind right now. That could be a path to the top of the board. I'd like to see him drive it a little bit better, but if he's inaccurate, who cares, right? So this is a, a, an okay spot for Patrick Cantlay. I don't think it's a particularly great one for him. You go back to the power rankings, you see Tony Finau, who's next uh, on the cheat sheet, is kind of lapping the field in strokes gained over the last 24 rounds. He's gaining two and a half strokes per round. He's coming off the win last week. His next closest uh, guy on the on the power rankings here is Will Zalatoris at 1.99. So only one golfer who's gaining more than two strokes per round over his last 24, and, and Finau is, is at 2.5. This is a pretty good run. Um, whether you look at 24 or I think we were doing 36 rounds, you know, the guy who has actually gone on to win the event uh, is basically the guy who leading into it has been best in last 24, last 36. Finau was, I think, last week. Uh, Xander was that guy um, at the Travelers and somewhere else. Where else did he just win at? Uh, Scottish Open. And then I believe there was one more right before that. Uh, oh, JT Poston when he won, right? So it's like, Four of the last five, four of the last six winners have been the guy leading into the week uh, in strokes gain total for the last 24 rounds. So if we look at last 24, which I just I just had up here, um, it's Finau again, it's Zalatoris, it's Mark Hubbard. Again, this is, you've got some Corn Fairy stuff mixed in here as well. Patrick Cantlay, Cam Young. So well-deserved for the top um the top price guys to be up here because they are basically the top guys over the last 24 rounds coming into this thing. You know, Zalatoris is kind of interesting. And I think Zalatoris is the X factor. I think everyone's going to be very excited to play Will Zalatoris. I think you could argue his 28th place finish at the Open Championship was a little bit disappointing considering um, what his other major championship finishes had been. And he coughed up a couple of strokes on like 15 and 16 for four days. It was it was a little bit disappointing. Uh, was the old course a really good spot for Zalatoris? Probably not great. Is Detroit Golf Club a good spot for him? Probably not, right? Like, this is a weird situation where Will Zalatoris is so much better than the vast majority of the field. But 
compare this place to like Tory Pines, um, where you know I think if you're Will Zalatoris, you want to be rewarded for driving it long and straight. You want to be rewarded, or you want to be on a golf course that is asking you to hit a lot of long iron shots, and you want to be on a golf course that maybe putting is not so important. Well, that's not that's not what's going to happen here. Right at Detroit Golf Club. Uh, while, like, could Will Zaltoris win this or finish inside the top 15 on pure skill and talent alone? 100% yes. Do I think this is one of the top 15 or 20 spots for him on the PGA Tour? Absolutely no. So you kind of have to weigh that. And what I will really be interested in seeing is what his ownership is going to be leading into uh, the week. So on Wednesday, when we do the live chat, Rick Run Good YouTube channel, that's at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see what the ownership for Zalatoris is at the top, because I think you could make a case that if he ends up being a, a, a nice little pivot play, I'm much more interested. But this is a guy who, you know, routinely loses strokes with the putter and probably getting ourselves into a putting contest. This is a guy that um, I think separates himself from the rest of the field on, on tighter courses and long iron course. It's, it's just not that. So as good as he is and as great as he could be this week, I, I don't think this is particularly a good spot for him. Um, Cam Young, however, and this is why I think Zalatoris could be a little bit of a pivot. We'll see what that ownership looks like. But Cam Young seemingly going to eat up everything right? He's $10,100. He is coming off a runner-up at the Open Championship. He is the blueprint for this golf course. He is incredibly long off the tee, second in driving distance, but he has what a lot of his long drive peers do not, and that is touch on and around the green. So he's gained strokes putting multiple of them in three of his last five. Uh, he's a little bit erratic in that category, but that's okay. His approach play is always solid. We know he's a bomber off the tee. This is, I said this last year about Cam Davis. If I could, if I could build a golf course for Cameron Young, it would look a lot like Detroit Golf Club. Um, and that is going to be really, I mean, his ownership is going to be through the roof, I imagine. Um, he is not priced prohibitively. I think he's got, he is showing the upside. I didn't even talk about the other finishes. He has four top three, top three finishes, four top three finishes in his last seven starts. It's pretty insane. Right. And now he's going to probably the best spot for him out of any of these places. He's going to be massively owned. So we'll see as the week goes on if we just pivot off of Cam Young and just bet him outright or something like that and move on with our lives. But um, I imagine he's going to be quite popular in that 10K range. Uh, the nine thousand dollar range is really fascinating. You know, you could make a case for for most of these guys and kind of against a couple of them. Um, Max Homa, I'm fine with. You know, he's played here twice. He's went. He's gone forty second, twenty fifth. I don't think it's a a great spot for him. I don't think it's a bad spot for him. I think that he's better now than he was a year ago. He's better now than he was three years ago. All that stuff. He has winning upside. It's all good. Um, I, I think he's fine. I think it's fair. Cam Davis is 9,700, and I know it's really, really hard for guys to defend their title, um, and even though it's really hard, we've had, what, three guys do it this year? KH Lee did it, Sam Burns did it, Victor Hovland did it, and now Cam Davis is going back for his title defense, probably playing the best golf that he has all year, right? He's got three straight top 16 finishes, uh, including last week at the 3M Open. He's driving it well. His approach play is great. He's actually, I think, putting a lot better than people would would guess he's gained strokes with the putter in seven of eight it's not a lot he's not going to put the lights out but 
he doesn't really have to when you start figuring out the math of everything else. So this is a really good stat profile. What did he put? What did he put to last year? Let's see. I bet you gained four. Uh, oh, only three. Okay. So he gained 3.1. He was actually, uh, he gained across the board as you, you know, sometimes do in, uh, in victories and he's gained strokes, you know, he's gained, what's that? Five, six, five strokes, uh, putting in his last six rounds at the rocket mortgage. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good sign. And he's putting well right now. So probably not unheard of to think, okay, he gains three strokes putting the rest of his game stays basically as it is and he contends, right? Like there's a very clear path to Cam Davis contending here. We'll see what his ownership's going to be. Adam Scott is kind of bizarre, right? Like what are we, I I don't know what to do with Adam Scott. Um, This is a very weird scheduling situation for him. And I wonder if this is because, so the PGA Tour kind of asks you, um, I don't know if they ask you as much as tell you, that uh you you know you have to introduce like one new event i think it's every 4 years and maybe this is this is it for adam scott but let's like like look at look at his schedule here three of the last four events that he's played have been major championships and then the memorial uh the byron nelson was like a 312 strength of field i don't know what this week's going to be yet we don't have it yet but i imagine it's going to it's probably less than that then he's played the Masters, the Match Play, the Players, the Arnold Palmer, the Genesis, the Phoenix Open. That's his. That's the entirety of his PGA Tour schedule this year. It's like literally the top ten strongest fields of the year, and he's playing this one, which is it's not a it's not a bad field, but it's it's not a an outstanding field. So I don't know why he's playing. <laughs> Quite honestly, um, you you start to look at the advanced metrics and you see what I would describe as whack-a-mole, right? Where it's, you know, one week it's the drivers, he's struggling with the driver, he fixes that, but then he can't putt. Uh, and then he putts well, but he can't drive it well. And then his short game loses him, or, you know, his around the green play loses him three, four, seven, like it did at the Memorial. But then he then he can turn on the ball striker and the wedges and gain eight, but then he loses the next week. Like it's, it's all over the place. So I don't really see any um, consistency here in the game of Adam Scott. He's now at, at an inflated price. This is the most expensive he's been uh, at least in 2022. I will probably end up taking a pass here. Hasn't played this event, obviously. Like this is just a it's just a weird situation. I don't really know what's happening here. I'll probably take a pass on Adam Scott. Uh, Kevin Kisner's the other one, right? I, I mentioned him at the top, and Kisner's the other type. You know, this is a par 72 that it, it's just not long enough to to box out these guys. So when you look at his rocket mortgage history, you see a guy that has teed it up in all three years. He's made the cut in all three years. He finished third two years ago and T8 last year. This is a really good time of year for Kevin Kisner, right? You look at what he's done here, which is three cuts made, two top tens. Next week, he's going to go back to Wyndham whoops, if I can spell Wyndham correctly, as the defending champion, a place that he's got a bunch of top 10s at, and then he's going to try to roll that into the FedEx Cup playoffs, right? I mean, this is this is a good time of year for him, and he's playing well again, right? He had this little mini slump where he missed four cuts in a row. Then he started to find his balance at the Travelers, gained a ton of strokes with the putter, not unusual for Kevin Kisner. And then he kind of started to really figure it out at the Open Championship where he gained uh, on approach around the green and with the putter, that was a T21 there. So T6, T21 in his last two starts, going to a place like, like yeah, the, yeah, like I get it. I, I I get the path for Kevin Kisner. It makes it makes a lot of sense for me. Um, let's go into the 8K range. But before we do that, let me pull up a couple of, let's just look at a couple of items real quick. I'll pull up the trends tool and we'll see what we can find there. 
So the idea behind the trends tool is to find guys who are playing below and above their baseline. Their baseline being 100 rounds, basically a year. That's what I think is, you can say, okay, this is what a golfer is, a rolling 100-year average, or 100-round average. 100-year average would be very, very long. We would definitely know what type of golfer it is over 100 rounds. Um, so, so let's look at this. I don't see anyone immediately in the $8,000 range, but the way to read this is that Chesson Hadley, in his last 24, and you can change this, um, is a stroke and a half better than his 100 round baseline. So he is playing well over his head. Now, how is he doing it? Honestly, in a pretty good way, right? He's across the board. He is better than his 100 round baseline. He's better off the tee on approach around the green and with the putter. Some of the ones that you worry about would be as much as I love the guy, Michael Gligic's a little bit concerning where he's a stroke over his head right now. And, and, uh, two thirds of that is coming with the putter. That's a little bit worrisome. And then you have guys like, you know, even Kelly Crafter, like Wyndham Clark, um, Wyndham Clark driving it better than his baseline putting below his baseline. And Wyndham Clark might be a guy. I mean, he's in the 70 in the $7,000 range, along with Brendan Steele, that you would argue these are, these are breakout candidates, guys that are gaining a lot from T to green and losing to their putting baseline. They're not good putters, but get back to uh, your own baseline and, and you can find some success here. The one guy in the 8k range or the first guy in the 8k range that stands out is, is Sahith Tagala. Now, this is a pretty good profile here, right? Uh, nearly a stroke per round better than his 100-round baseline. The least, of it, the least of that is coming with the putter. When you start to kind of look at this um, on the plot chart, you can kind of see he's he's up here in this upper right-hand quadrant, which is kind of a good good place to be. It's like the second best place to be. I'd prefer he'd be in the upper left quadrant, but he's in the upper right quadrant. That's fine, just because he is gaining a little bit above his baseline with the putter. Um, I talk about this all the time with Sahith, where he's going to be volatile. That That's built in, right? We talk about it literally every single week. Misses the cut at the 3M Open um, after coming back from the Open Championship. Should we, should we knock him for that? I don't know. Drove it okay. Didn't hit it well on approach and just kind of gave it away all with the putter. He lost two strokes putting over the course of uh, two rounds, and that was the difference, right? He lost two strokes to the field, all of it coming with the putter, uh, or at least you know, you could frame it that way. So I'd like to see his ownership. I think he's kind of an interesting little bounce back option here, uh, at 8,700 as much as listen, I'm, I'm like, so stuck on this Mav McNeil, like the, I'm, I'm stuck on this ride, this Mav McNeely ride. And I, and I, and I want to get off, right. I, I need to get off. I, I played him in the run and done the Rick run good one and done last week, which don't get me started on. I was in first couple weeks ago. I think I've dropped to six now. I'm running out of time. I'm losing sleep over it. Uh, I, I will say the 49th that he finished last week is not super indicative of how he played. On Sunday, he missed a three and a half foot putt for par on 17. And then he made a nine, which is a quad on 18. So he played his final two holes of the week at five over. Um, we can play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game, but let's see where that would have placed him. So he would go from T49 uh, to T24, right? Yeah, five strokes. So five strokes in two rounds, which you can do that for every golfer in the field. I understand that. But when you have five strokes on your final, like, like you play 70 holes pretty good, or at least to earn a top 25, and then you play two holes absolutely miserably, 
I'm I'm a little bit quicker to forgive in that scenario, especially because if you were to it, like if you were to look at this and, you, and this was a T24 instead of a T49, you'd say, "Wow, Mav McNeely has four straight top 25s. He has played the Rocket Mortgage a couple of times, and he's finished eighth and 21st." You would be excited about that. Uh, now I, I I'm kind of stuck in this situation where I'm probably going to have to just play him again, but. I want to give you kind of a full picture of the way he's been playing because I think it's been a lot better than even what what this is showing on on the screen here. Um, okay, let's look at Davis Riley's missed cut. David, David, Davis Riley was very popular last week, missed the cut, and uh, that was his first start since the Traveler. So it was basically a month off. How did he do it? Well, tell you what, it's not the worst miscut, right? There are good and there are bad miscuts. He gained slightly off the tee. He lost a tiny bit on approach, 0.02. He gained around the green and he lost a stroke with the putter. He missed the cut on the number and he gained 0.06 strokes to the field. It's not a bad miscut, right? I don't think that uh, Detroit Golf Club necessarily sets up well for Davis Riley, but I don't think it it, it hurts him. Um, so I think there's an interesting buy low opportunity on all, like McNeely, Sahith and Davis Riley in the upper 8K range. Uh, the lower 8K range. It's a little bit of a bigger range. I continue to be a little bit worried about Gary Woodland. He's just not really that player anymore. He's he's much more volatile. I think he's missed like five of his last nine cuts, but when he plays well, he can pile it up. Um, has missed both of his cuts at this event. I just I think asking him to make a lot of putts and make a lot of birdies is is probably a big ask. I'm mildly interested in taking a flyer on Webb Simpson. So you know, if if this was a year ago, uh, I think we'd be pretty excited to play Webb. Also, entering a very good stretch of golf for him. You know, uh, a course that should set up well for him to to kind of go out there and not be overpowered by a golf course, be able to hit a lot of wedges, be able to make a lot of putts, and then he gets to go to Wyndham, where literally he named his child after uh, because he's got had so much success at and. We're seeing at least flashes of good golf from Webb, right? He's missed three of his last six cuts, but the other three are a 20th at the PGA, a T27 at the Charles Schwab, and a T13 at the Travelers. And you're seeing glimpses of really good ball striking. So I I don't mind if he comes in lower owned uh, to be considering Webb in in this scenario. I also want to consider Webb on... Actually, I want to look this up on jock market, which is stock market DFS here, because I don't think the sentiment is going to be very high on web. And really all you're asking him to do is outperform his sentiment, right? Outperform his expectations. So here's his last 20 starts. uh, And he's been a loser, right? He's been a loser over his last 20, but he's got some popping ability here. This is where you, you know, you buy, sell, and um, you can short shares of, of athletes and golfers here, but you can see, like, I, I just don't think, I don't think he's gonna be very popular this week. So if his IPO is like, I don't know, five fifty six dollars with the guaranteed payouts, uh, for finishing position, like I could see him outperforming that. Right. So that's someone I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on in that market. Same with these other guys. When, when, when you say buy low, like I literally say buy low because I don't think people are going to be super excited to play McNeely or Davis Riley or, or Sahith. You could literally buy low on them in the jock market. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting when, when sentiment doesn't always match up with, um, with reality. Before we go to the sevens, let me just pull up. Um, I just want to look at this tournament, right? Like three years is just enough data to be dangerous, right? So we've got uh, everyone in this field at the Rocket Mortgage. 
Um, it's only three years for, for everybody who's played it at the most. So Nate Lashley's number one. He's played here twice. He won it. Uh, or I'm sorry. He's played here three times. He won it and then missed the cut. So it's eight rounds, but it's the win in 2019 back-to-back missed cuts. That's not particularly great. Cam Tringale is the best in terms of strokes gained. Actually, he's tied with Kisner. Both of them are 1.67 strokes gained over 12 rounds. Tringale has gone T5, T30, T14. And Kisner's gone T46, third T8. Wyndham Clark. Okay. So now this is becoming pretty interesting. So Wyndham Clark is in the 7K range that we're in. He's played here once. It was in 2019. He finished T17. He gained four and a half strokes with the putter. Now we have to mine into Wyndham Clark here because he was also showing up on the trends tool as someone who um, might be uh, a candidate to break out right? Look at the gains off the tee, plus three, plus four, plus three and a half, plus two and a half over his last four starts. You know what he does well, right? Which is drive the ball very far and drive it very inaccurately. We know that that's okay here. What else? He's a very good putter, 30th in strokes gain putting. I'll tell you what, I mean, there's, there's seems to be a lot of signals, uh, pointing towards Wyndham Clark right now. Back to uh, course history. Hagee and Kirk are next. 1.58 over eight rounds. McNeely's the same. 1.58 over eight rounds. I mean, just kind of look at some of the guys here, right? I mean, Hagee, like he's a bomber. Uh, Wyndham Clark, he's a bomber. They're not all bombers, obviously, but uh, certainly you're going to get some guys that fit the mold. Who's the best putter here? Brian Stewart, 1.52 over 10 rounds. Gained ten and a half strokes putting in 2019. So just kind of looking through. You can flip. You can flip through these, but I just want to get an idea as we go into that into that 7K range. So you saw Chris Kirk there with back to back top 25s. Um, Scott Stallings is, is, is he's got to be a guy that you got that you have to point out. Now I don't think he is particularly safe, like by any stretch of the imagination, right? But uh, what he offers you is a lot of upside. So his last six starts are three missed cuts and three top eight finishes. You might be looking for that, right? You might be looking for the volatility of a guy who can finish T4 at the John Deere, T8 at the Travelers, missed the cut at the US Open, missed the cut at the Memorial, T4 at the Charles Schwab, missed the cut at the PGA Championship. The good news is that the three missed cuts are like polar opposites of what you're going to get this week, right? I mean, three, two major championships and the Memorial, difficult setups, and his three top tens are John Deere, Travelers, and Charles Schwab, right? Doesn't this feel doesn't this feel more like an event that Scott Stallings can contend and compete at? Uh, and he can because you look at what he's done here three straight three straight years he's played it, miss uh, made the cut in all three, has gotten progressively better in each one. His most recent finish was T twenty five. That was last year. So I, I think that's a very reasonable flyer to go with Scott Stallings. Someone on Twitter, and I apologize because I cannot remember who asked me, said, hey, is this the start we needed from Cam Champ? So he was referring to the 3M Open. Cam Champ is a guy who foreshadows his runs, uh, even if it's just a little bit, right? And it's usually just like one start and then boom, he clicks. If you believe that, which I tend to believe, then I would say yes, anonymous Twitter follower who I cannot remember your name, that he did kind of foreshadow it, right? So he, he he's, he's driving it okay. Not as good as we would like. What can you do here? Drive it without regard for accuracy. Um, his approach play, 
2.16 on approach last week is his best since the Byron Nelson. And now he's gained strokes on approach in three of four. Around the green, he is capable of thro- of throwing away three or four strokes, but he's been the t- he's been basically a zero in four of his last five. And then he putted well last week. 3.39, which is his best putting performance since Mexico by a mile. Let's look at what he's done here. Rocket Mortgage. Uh, T46, T12, missed cut. He's putted okay. Small negative over three years. I, I, I t- I'll tell you what, if if you want to take the flyer, the foreshadow flyer on Cam Champ, this is kind of it. Let me look up what his outright number is. 75 to 1. That'll get a click from me. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't think you want to play Cam Champ in anything of like safety, right? If you're looking for safety, avert your eyes. But we've seen we've seen this before. Um, you know, before the win at last year's 3M Open, he had that just like one good week at the John Deere, and you're like, okay, this is something where he kind of breaks out of this horrible putting stretch and wins. Uh, we've seen him do that before, and I, I, this could be a better spot for him than than TPC Twin Cities is, right? All right, you've got my attention. I will probably just bet him. Uh, the seven K, the seven K range is, is is filled with guys. You could go back to Tom Kim, who quietly finishes twenty six last week. He has now uh, two starts left to earn as many points as he can because he's got that special temporary membership status. Brendan Steele was in the breakout candidates um, conversation. The guy that I'm really really excited about. I don't know if he's going to be the best, but I'm really really excited about Taylor Pendrith. You know what are we what are we talking about here? Bomb it. Don't worry about where it goes. Go find it, pick it up, and move on. Now, he has not played a lot this year, but he's 14th in driving distance, 159th in accuracy. Yep. Um, Look at what he's done. So remember this. He was T13 at the Players' Championship. The Players' Championship. Think of that field. Broke his rib that week. Nuts, right? I don't even know how you do that. Sidelined for four months. Just made his return. Didn't miss a beat. T13 at the Barbasol, T11 at the Barracuda, going to probably the best course on the PGA Tour for him. He's going to be volatile. I don't know what to expect. It's a very small sample size, but on paper, this is a really, really, really good spot for him. And he was playing well, right? I mean, this obviously, these results are going to go back basically to January, but he's gained strokes on the field in five straight. He has only lost strokes to the field once this year. It was at, it was at Riviera where he lost three and a half strokes and missed the cut. Like he's playing good golf. He's back for like, I I don't know, obviously well-rested, right? I like that. I'm very excited to play him. Who else? Um, just a massive seven K range, right? The bottom of the seven. Oh, Callum Taron. Yeah, let's go here. So, so start to look at the look at the cheat sheet here, and look at. Um, I'll just I'll just filter this by just the seven K guys, guys that gain in distance. This is driving distance, right? Per round, Chris Goddard by far number one um, in the seven K range. Michael Thor Bjornsson, who we have another small sample size on. You could roll him out if you want a flyer. Wyndham Clark. Trey Molinax, you know, Taylor Pendrith, Luke List, Callum Tarrant. Callum Tarrant is actually gaining more yardage. Now, this this could be flawed, but like last 50 rounds, gaining more yards per round than Cam Champ is. Now, Champ tends to club down a lot, right? He's he's a bomber, but he, he clubs down a lot more than a lot of these other guys. Um, but Tarrant is long off the tee. What else do you notice? Well, you also notice that he's 
a very good putter. You, When you look at this, you generally see guys that drive it well and have zero touch around the green, zero touch with the putter. Uh, Taron is not that guy, right? So he's gaining like a half a stroke per round putting over his last 50. So when you start to mine into him, you're going to find a guy who is seemingly firing on all cylinders. Uh, he's gained strokes off the tee in three straight. His putter, great. Approach play, fine. And look at the results. T7 last week, T22 at Barracuda. He missed the cut by, a, I mean, he lost a half a stroke at the Genesis. Missed the cut there. Uh, the Scottish Open, that is. T6 at the John Deere. So you're talking about three top 25s in his last four starts. Clearly feeling confident. Clearly feeling good. He's got this great flow. If you're watching on YouTube, look at that headshot. Great flow. And this is a course that should play really well for him, right? So, so I'm excited about about Callum Taron in the bottom of this uh, 7K range. I mentioned I mentioned uh, Michael Thorpe Bjornsson. We only have like four starts on him. The Travelers, where he finished fourth and bombed it past everybody, and um, yeah, I mean, like get, can get hot with the beginning, like nine strokes putting, I think, at the Travelers. So that you know, he's not going to do that again, but. If you're looking for a super, super dart throw on an unknown entity, a guy that we don't really know much about, I I, I don't mind Michael Thor Bjornsson. What else do we have? Um, bottom of this, oh, you know, Patrick Rogers again. This is the one week a year where if you drive it well and putt well, I'm interested in you. And he's got two top 40s here uh, in those last two years. I'm not super excited about it, but like, hey, it's it's the stat profile. I get it. Oh, Gligic had another good week last week, right? Gligs coming through. Love that. T16 last week. I had a uh, top 20 on him. I think I had a top 30 on him as well. But Gligs, yeah, baby. Um, I think he might have been in the optimal. Was he in the optimal lineup? He was not. Uh, here's the optimal. You, if, follow me on Twitter, at Rick Run Good. Uh, I tweet these out every week. Finau, Piercy, Grillo, Sungjae, Han... Tom Hoagie, 49,100, 662 points. But uh, Gligic might have been close. I don't remember. But he might have been close. Uh, I I don't know if this is a a great spot for him. I think it's okay for him. But I'd probably prefer Taron and those other guys. Okay, 6K range. Let's see what we can find here. Okay, top of the sixes. Garnett's playing well again, right? He's this highly volatile guy, 16th at the Barracuda, 31st at the 3M. Chesson Hadley, remember when we go back to the trends, he's literally the hottest player over the last 24 rounds, literally, compared to their own baseline, right? So he's gaining 1.58 strokes to himself over the last 24 rounds. Um, and he's doing it in some pretty good ways. 1.09 of that is coming from T to green. So the putter is still over expectation, but everything. He, he's just playing really, really well, and it's turning into results. So we've got um, 10th at the 3M, 31st at the Barracuda, made the cut at the Barbasol, 10th at the John Deere, 5th at the Travelers. That five-event stretch is awesome. Uh, don't mind that one single bit. I ended up betting Hayden Buckley last week. He played fine. T26, I might go back to him again this week. What else do we have here? You know, if we flip this around and just look at the last 24 rounds, which, by the way, like when we're looking at these guys, I kind of want a pretty small sample size. I could even go 16 or 12 rounds. Chesson Hadley, by far the best player in the 6K range. He's a half a stroke better over the last 24 than anybody else in the 6K range. Scott Gucheski is number two. So he's gone 31st of the 3M, 5th at the Barracuda, bunch of miscuts. Um, although I think they were like close miscuts, you know what I mean? Where you like lose a stroke to the field. 
Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Kelly Craft, Brian uh, Brian Gay's got like senior tour date in there. I wouldn't look at that. Uh, Brandon Matthews is on there. Again, that's like Corn Fairy stuff. I wouldn't look too far into that. I'm not super excited about any of these guys. Let's find the Bombers in the 6K range. Bramlett. Mm, no, 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 no. Hey, I mean, Hagee's not bad, right? Hagee is... He's gone two missed cuts. 27th at the Barbasol, but he's got a sixth place finish and a 39th here. And he's got kind of like, kind of not really the blueprint, but bombs it far. Bo Hoster sneaky long, isn't he? This is kind of interesting. All right. I'll, I'll give Bo a shout out friend of the pod. Um, this is kind of a sneaky, good little profile, right? He is the three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth longest guy over the last 24 rounds in the six K range gains everywhere but on approach gains off the tee gains around the green gains with the putter finished 25th here last year maybe gets hot rolls the rock at 68 100 bucks i could get behind that let's see if we could um see if we can run a model custom model rickrungood.com let i mean we are in the dog days of summer should we do 16 rounds like something real freaky just do last 16 rounds and all right what do we know here so Let's break this up into each category. So off the tee, let's say like 25 on distance, right? 25 of our 100 weights on distance. On approach, I don't even know if it's that critical. Obviously, like approach is always important. Um, But remember, these guys, it's going to basically be a wedge fest. So maybe we should do the buckets. I can't believe how much I've been doing the buckets recently. But... It's going to kind of be a wedge fest or I don't, I don't necessarily want to do that because not everyone's going to be playing from these, these wedge ranges. I'll just, I'll do strokes gain approach and I'll have to do weighted because by the way, um, I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know who a good example would be this, this, uh, this week. Hold on. Let me find somebody. Matt Wallace is in the field. So you have to remember, I now have the European tour strokes gain breakdown. So for example, at the Porsche European Open, Matt Wallace gained eight strokes on approach. If you want to give the same amount of credit to him gaining eight strokes on approach at the Porsche European Open as someone who might have gained eight at the US Open, uh, then just use strokes gained approach. But you might want to consider using weighted strokes gained approach because of the discrepancy in field strengths across these places. So while I'm not going to put a lot on strokes gained approach, I'm going to put it on weighted strokes gained approach. I'm going to put 10 on. By the way, that European tour data goes back to 2019. I'll add more later, but a lot of data in there. Okay. So around the green, nothing. Putting, I think is going to be pretty important. And again, we probably need to consider weighted strokes gained putting here. So let's go 25 on strokes gained putting. That leaves us with 40. Where else could we put this? Um, we could, I mean, I think you're going to have to make a lot of birdies, right? We could do DraftKings points gained. Let's do, let's do 20 on putting. It leaves us with 80, or I'm sorry, it leaves us with 20 more. I will do just a little sprinkle on 50 to 125 and 125 to 150. And we'll see what this pumps out. Last 16 rounds, sort by value. My number one golfer is, oh boy. It's Patrick Cantlay, which I'm fine with. I don't think like on paper, it's super great for him. But number two is Adam Scott. How is that possible? 
because I didn't weigh around the green, and he's longer than you think he is. Um, boy, I don't love that. Really don't love that. Number three is Cam Young. Yep, that makes total sense. Four is Tony Finau. Five is Tringali. Tringali's been good here. Zalatoris is six. Webb Simpson is seven. Siwoo Kim is eight. Didn't really talk about him. He's been okay. Cam Davis is nine. Giddy up. Mad McNeely is 10. Look at 9, 10, and 11. Davis, McNeely, and Riley. All the scrubs that I bet every single week, right? So um, probably more money to be lost in those areas. Okay, look at these guys in the 7K range. Pendrith and Taron are 17 and 18 for me. It's higher than Max Homa based on this model. So very, very interesting stuff there. I, I love that. All right. Um, more to come this week, obviously. Follow me on Twitter at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. Go to rickrungood.com. Look at all the models and things for yourself. Highly encourage you to do so. Okay. Uh, that'll do it. Best of luck this week. I'll talk to you guys soon.